Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm today's host, Coleman Hodges, and joining us today from Lake Tahoe, we have got reporter and host for Golf Channel and NBC Sports. She will be the sideline reporter at the 2023 World Championships in Fukuoka for NBC. She was at the U.S. Trials in Indianapolis. We are sitting down with Kira K. Dixon. Kira, how's it going? Hi, Coleman. Great. How are you? Well, I've I've wound down from world trials. That usually takes me at least a few days. And uh I don't even think you had that much time before you were back on the road for 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 other reportings, um, <clears throat> which we're gonna get to. You have you have a lot of titles and we're gonna uh go through <laughs> yeah. quite a few topics, but let's talk about Indy. Um yeah. 2023 World Trials. You were the sideline reporter. You got to talk, you were the first person that Every world championships team member talked to first, um, and when, after the, the minute after they qualified, you got to ask them a couple questions on live TV in front of, in front of the wonderful audience in Indy. Um, yeah. just to start, can you tell me a little bit about that experience, especially compared to other swim meets you've covered? Yeah, well, this was probably the first swim meet. This was, this was my fourth time getting to be the, the on-deck reporter, um, for NBC sports. And, uh, this is the first time that I probably felt, you know, you can never truly feel comfortable, but more comfortable just because I'd had a little more time to actually get to know the swimmers and the culture and the sport. Uh, and I, I interviewed many of the folks that made the team. So I, I felt, you know, good. Like I'd had my, my experience starting to pay off there. Um, but doing on deck reporting, which I'm sure you've seen many on deck reports or done them yourself. Um, it's really interesting because, you know, depending on the the swim, you know, there are varying levels of exhausted (laughs) and you're, you know, trying to get some sort of insightful response after someone's just swum a 50, which, which can be, uh, difficult. So, you know, you try and tailor the question based on how, uh, how well the breathing is going. Um, you know, I got such a kick out of like Katie Ledecky, for example, who, you know, swam the 1500 and then got out of the pool. And I said to her before they tossed down to us, like, I can't believe that you can talk to me or anybody after that. And she was like, Oh, you know, after distance swims, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I was like, What? Um, so yeah, you know, it's a really, it's, it's a fun thing to get to do compared to my regular life, which is golf reporting, because sometimes you have 25 seconds to watch a race and then immediately turn around and ask somebody questions that maybe you weren't expecting to win. I think we had a lot of surprises, uh, at trials as well. So, you know, it's all about preparation and just going with it. It's live television. Anything can happen. So, um, but it's fun and I I've absolutely loved the experience so far. Yeah. I, I can't imagine doing what you do because you are, you are tailoring your questions to a very broad audience. And I work for a website that is very niche, right? Like I get to ask the nerdiest questions I want because like most of our audience 
is swimmers and they kind of know yeah. the sport. Whereas a lot of your audience might just be tuning in for trials or, or world championships, right? Like the, the meet that happens once a year, that's kind of the big deal. Um, is there any tips or tricks or just strategies you use to kind of formulate those questions? Obviously, as you said beforehand, it's live TV, anything can happen. You have to be pretty good at flying by the seat of your pants, but how do you, how do you prepare before and how much time goes into that prep before the final session starts at 7 PM Eastern? Yeah. So, so when you think about it, you know, it's, live television. So you have like a, a, a specific amount of time. You know, it could be, they have time for one question. It could be two to three, probably never more than three. So the, the way that the prep process works with the team is, you know, we get the psych sheets ahead of time. And I think when I first started, I would, you know, there's like 50 people trying to get into the A final of whatever race. And when I first started, I was like, all right, I got to go through all 50 of these names and try and get fun facts on all of them because you never know, blah, blah, blah. And if to any aspiring reporters out there, that is not the way. <laughs> Just um, giving you a heads up, you know, uh, you wait for the, you know, I would, I'll go to maybe the prelims of a couple races, get myself uh, acclimated to, to the environment, to maybe some surprises, folks that didn't make the A final and are only in the B or C or surprises that did make the A. Um, and then later that afternoon, you get the lane sheets. And then I sit there and kind of go through all eight lanes and try and figure out some sort of an interesting thing about each one of those individuals, you know, everybody has a story and you're just trying to find a, a thread of something. And you might not even get into that in the, in the interview. Uh, but it's, it's important to have in your back pocket because the producer might be like, all right, I need a third question uh, or, you know, try and pivot on something else in your ear while someone's talking. So you just, you know, you have to be able to draw on something that isn't necessarily just about the swim, but you usually for a general sports audience, you want to start out with, you know, tell me about the swim. What were the thoughts or takeaways about what you just did, depending on what they just did, you, how much the moment means to them is generally pretty important to find out, you know, maybe they've overcome something. Maybe they've uh, like, I think in Matt Fallon's case, he was injured and had this huge back injury thing that he came back from, you know, Carson Foster just turned pro gave back a scholarship at Texas. You know, how does that play into his new pro life or, you know, he's big on his teammates and was really excited about, you know, uh, other people like Thomas Hellman and Sh uh, Shane Casas doing well. And, you know, what that says about him and, um, being able to draw on those smaller threads for each person is important. And then you have somebody like Katie Ledecky, who has done many, many interviews and think, okay, how am I going to ask a question to Katie that she might not have answered recently at least, or is maybe something just a little bit different, just trying to think of it from that perspective. So, I mean, I could give you hours and hours on um, interview thought process prep strategies, <laughs> but a lot of it also comes down to, um, you know, Patrick Murphy at USA Swimming is uh, an incredible resource for me. I've, every day we have production meetings where we go through that night's 
uh, rundown, the schedule, the lineup, everything, you know, the team kind of all sits around uh, and talks about how the show is going to go, but also some of the key storylines. Uh, and then after the production meeting every evening before the show, Patrick will sit down with me and go through lane by lane, every single race and give, you know, it, it's almost like a, just to make me feel better <laughs> to make sure that I, I know that I'm asking the right questions or I didn't miss something on someone or just to confirm it with him. Or he'll be like, Oh, by the way, like this person just did this, or they just moved to a different school or coach or program that maybe is that's inter- information that's hard to find on the internet, uh, that, that he can be a resource for me on. So it is a, a group effort. A lot of team energy goes into that. Uh, but as long as you've done the work ahead of time, you can kind of smooth sail through the show because you can feel confident knowing that you've done the prep. Not that this show is smooth sailing. Don't don't want to say that, <laughs> but it'll make it easier. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that makes sense. Patrick Murphy, by the way, brother of Olympic champion Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Yes. Uh, which is just a f- fun context. He wor- he works for USA Swimming, and uh, it's yeah, super cool that they're connected in that way. And the swimming sphere is is that small that you have families. Yeah. When Murph in is in the areas. field, I'm like, so Patrick, what's going on <laughs> with Ryan these days? What what should I ask about? And he'll always give a couple of good like details and tidbits, which is just great. It's always nice to have that sibling insight, you know, it's like, tell me what's really going on. Yeah. Tell me what I really need to ask about. Yeah, exactly. So that's always been helpful. Nice. So uh, swimming's obviously not your primary sport. And like you said, this was your fourth time reporting on it. Uh, I'm, I don't even know how you ended up reporting on swimming. That's so how did that happen? But also, um, what what are your thoughts on it now that you've kind of dipped your toes in the metaphorical waters. Yeah. In the metaphorical pool. Um, so my, for those that don't know, my regular gig is, uh, reporting for, uh, golf channels, news shows. So golf central post game, pre game, uh, that is my main shtick. Uh, I do about between 16 and 20 PGA tour events a year. Um, and that, that was how I began sports reporting within the NBC sports universe. However, um, I grew up, uh, so my, my parents are Russian immigrants, Russian people like Olympic sports. I grew up <laughs> not watching basketball and not watching baseball, not watching the NFL, but watching Olympic sports. My dad is one of those people that has a a subscription to every like alpine skiing, swimming, extra streaming service, whatever, to be able to watch all of those things throughout, you know, the year, every year, not just on Olympic years or world's years or whatever. Um, And so I have always grown up with a keen appreciation and love for Olympic sports specifically and swimming specifically, because it was always my dad's favorite Olympic sport. So when I, and NBC obviously carries the Olympics. So when I started working for NBC, I always put out the feelers of like, Hey guys, if you ever need anybody for any Olympic sports, specifically swimming, I would love the opportunity to do something like that. And one day I was in line. I'll never forget it. I was in line at the DMV, I guess last year, last January of 2022. It was very specific. I like needed to, I think I had lost my license. And I needed to go get it replaced. And I got a phone call from 
uh, one of our producers at NBC that uh, it was just, or no, no, it wasn't a phone call. It was an email. I was checking my emails online. And I got, I have this email pop up from one of our producers at NBC saying very casually, Hey, Kira, we need somebody to work world's trials in Greensboro um, this year. Or would you be interested in that? And I was like, immediately respond. Yes. <laughs> I would love to do that. And then proceeded to freak out because I knew like really nothing about the current state of who was going to be there swimming, blah, blah, blah. And just, uh, you know, d- just started to do a deep dive, a metaphorical deep dive into, uh, all of that, but that's kind of how it came to be. Uh, and I've been doing three, I guess, a year since then. So this was my first one this year. And then I've got Fukuoka and then I don't know what the future holds uh, beyond that, but it's been great so far. Did you go to Budapest? I did not go to Budapest. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, So how was Greensboro? Like, I, I guess, especially now that you have two of the same meets, you know, you covered world trials in 22 and 23. How do you feel like those two experiences compare? Yeah. So I think that my very first interview in Greensboro was Katie Ledecky, because I think that it must have been the 800 that they started with the women's 800, right? Something like that. Yeah. She was the first, she was the first interview. So I was like, okay, perfect. Of course, (laughs) it's going to be Katie Ledecky of all people. My heart was beating so loudly, like I could hear it or so intensely, I could hear it in my eardrums. I could barely hear what she was saying. I could barely hear the producer in my ear. And mind you, this is after three years of live television of golf. Like I know how to do this. And I I think it's, you know, when you care so much, you want it to go well. And I just was so nervous for that first interview and it went well, it was fine. It was a clean show, but this year was a much different feeling of, of being at trials as opposed to the first time I did it. Totally. And I feel like that's kind of a funny one. Cause like you said before, Kayla Decky's done a bazillion interviews. Like that's kind of a softball in terms of like, she's a good one to start with because she knows how to do an interview. Like she's pretty well equipped and she's not totally. going to give like two word answers. But as like, as the reporter, as someone who knows who she is, like that would be one of the most nerve wracking ones. Cause you're like, oh my God, it's Katie Ledecky. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's not going to two word me. She's not going to, you know, be, even if, even if I were to ask a bad question, she would be nice and like fill in the time and it would be fine. But it was just, you know, it was a big deal to me because it's her. So (laughs) I suppose it went very well. Um, And, you know. I'm still still doing swimming so did something right so what do you enjoy about swimming i mean how do you how do you feel about it as a sport and, and as a reporter who covers it especially compared to golf which is yeah again your your main your main daytime gig yeah um so it's interesting both are very niche sports with a very knowledgeable audience uh that cares about what you say, how you say it, terminology, all of that stuff. So I kind of appreciate in a weird way the that challenge of diving into something and like really getting like wrapping your arms around it fully. Um, golf is something that for the most part, you have a lot of time to sit and watch a broadcast and to formulate uh, questions and to watch a storyline play out. 
you know, you see somebody do something huge, like make a hole in one, like, obviously you're going to ask them about that or shoot 59. Obviously you're going to ask them about that. There's, there's just some things that, that clearly reveal themselves within a golf broadcast. Uh, and that's not to say that's always the case, but, um, there are just things that you can expect to ask somebody about in an interview in a post round and swimming is a bit different because it's the pace can be so much faster. The show is only an hour and a half long and you're, you're doing six to eight interviews fairly within, within fairly quick succession. So there's just a kind of a light your hair on fire. You better be ready type of energy to it that I really, really love. Uh, and not that I don't get those types of feelings in certain moments in golf, but it's just presents a completely different challenge, which for me as a, as a reporter, it's great to be able to flex a different set of, of skill set and muscles in my kind of reporting repertoire life. Yeah. Golf doesn't strike me as a fast paced, like your hair on fire <laughs> kind of deal. It can, it can't like when you get into a playoff situation or, you know, coming down the stretch in a major or things like that. But, you know, like sometimes on a Thursday, you know, you're, it's four days of golf to get to a winner instead of 25 seconds to get to a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Uh, do you, do you feel like this is kind of a deep cut question? So if, if you don't have like a, I don't know, I'm just, yeah. Do you, do you feel like the type of athlete in swimming is different than the type of athlete in golf? Like, do you, do you feel like you can like pin down idiosyncrasies that, uh, stand out between swimmers and golfers? Well, the swimmers that I'm talking to are generally skewing much younger so you're, you're really tailoring your questions to somebody that maybe has never been interviewed before, or does it very rarely, um, you know, when in those posts or, the, or the, the production meetings that I mentioned before, you know, if we talk about somebody that's 28 or 31 in the field at a swim meet, it's like, oh my God, this is the old person in, in the pool. Whereas for golf, if you're 28 or 31, like you're really getting into your prime of your career, you've got experience, like you're in a place where you are winning. Uh, I mean, plenty of people have success early in their careers in golf, but it's not, it's not necessarily like the standard, whereas it feels like in swimming, you're, it's just a much younger group of people. So you're really, um, understanding how to talk to a younger swimmer. Many of them are great personalities and understand, how an interview works and some of them just, it's not for them (laughs) and that's okay too. And you're just kind of navigating that. Um, it also, I don't know, it feels like for swimming, you're, you're preparing for such a small moment, a small amount of time. You put so much effort into this thing and golf golf has four days worth of mistakes that you can make and still win and bounce back from. So I think that there's just a different thought process when it, when it comes to that, Um, but in terms of like, um, being a very individual sport, golfers and swimmers are very similar in that way. It's all about you. You know, obviously swimmers have relays and golfers have like the Ryder cup, but that is not the, the core of who you are as an athlete in that sport. You have, it's a very selfish place of, I need to put everything I can into myself. 
um, I guess other than the NCAAs too, but it's still like very in- individualized. Um, and it's also interesting how um, the relationships with the coaches work. It seems, it seems like some some of these swimmers and their they have relationships with coaches that are like a family relationship. And the same thing in golf, um, some people have coaches for their entire careers that become parts of their their team, their family, their lives. They travel together, uh, stay together at tournaments, eat together, do everything kind of off campus together. And, and that's very similar as well. So it, it's, I think it's more the same than different actually. So that's, and, and of course the niche sport situation as well. So that's been an interesting thing to observe. Yeah. It honestly hadn't occurred to me that golfers have coaches, but uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yes. Golfers have many coaches. They have a short <laughs> game coach. They have a regular like full swing coach. They have a mental coach. They probably have a, uh, an eating coach, you know, whatever nutritionist you want to put in there. I mean, it, it goes on and on, uh, the, the amount of resources that these guys have. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know, I guess. I don't know. I'll never use that knowledge probably, but cool. <laughs> Very interesting. So let's pivot to that though. Um, we'll get back to swimming, but okay. I'm, I'm a little interested in your background. Why golf, right? What's we, we know why swimming, Dad's a huge Olympic. How does your dad feel about you reporting on swimming? Oh my gosh. Oh, I called my dad to tell him and he, he was like, that's so fun. What about track and field? And I was like, can we just do one sport for now? One Olympic sport. Thank you. Um, and he was like, okay, fine, fine. And then, uh, of course, you know, he was watching all of the stuff on Peacock and, um, every night you just text me like, great job. <laughs> so he's really pumped about, about that. Um, uh, but I grew up playing golf. Um, I mentioned that my parents are foreign. So for them, it was, um, you will play this American, uh, rite of passage sport that will be an excellent business skill. honestly honestly really smart they were correct which is so fun because i i loved golf to a point but it also i always felt like lots of pressure in it uh, and probably burned out pretty early on it but as a serious junior golfer you kind of never lose that skill set so the fact that i now work in golf is really funny to me um but i ended up through various life moments and experiences finding that I wanted to do on camera work. And, um, I started in entertainment news and very quickly found out that that was not for me, but I kept on getting golf media exposure opportunities because I could play. And that's very different than just being able to talk about it. What is that face for? um, Like, but you're not playing on camera. So like, why you are You're playing in celebrity programs? Oh, like you were getting invited to yeah. play. Yeah. I thought you meant you were getting like opportunities to report on golf because you could play. And I was like, is that really off of the mall? But I see. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I got, I was able to establish myself with golf credibility because I was playing in various programs that are televised and creating relationships with people, golfers, coaches, families, because I was in the field. And that just gave me a, a different, uh, I guess, perspective on, on reporting. And, and then, you know, eventually I I worked my way through like lifestyle content and travel content, social media type stuff when all surrounding golf. Um, but I'd always wanted to work my way into actual, you know, post round reporting. Um, and the fact that I had had that traditional golf experience myself 
was something that really helped me in that, in that journey because golf niche sport, they care about credibility. Sorry. That's my husband and my dog. (laughs) All good. Um, okay. That's great. I mean, I, I love hearing people's origin stories. Let's dive a little deeper, especially, um, you know, a fellow, fellow reporter and a fellow sports reporter. So why you went to USC journalism? Mm-hmm. Um, why? You, so you knew you wanted to do something like that. Why, why reporting or why, why media, why telling stories in this way? What, what hit you about that? Um, do you know what Miss America is? I think I've heard of it. <laughs> uh, so that it all comes back to that for me. So I was Miss America in 2015. And it, uh, it exposed me to a world of media and, uh, you know, just things that I never thought that I would have the opportunity to do or even knew existed. And, and how, old, how old were you in, at that time? I was 22. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So were um, you just about done with college? Were you done yeah, with college? Yeah, I was done. I was done with college. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that very, I had gotten into Notre Dame Law School. I was, I was headed to like, that was my, going to be my path. Um, and then my path very much took a really quick turn uh, when you have an experience like that. And um, that showed me that there was so much more that I was possibly interested in. Uh, that did not revolve around that law school path. And I took it and I've, it's been a a weird, really bizarre, but awesome journey um, trying to find your way in this place. I I don't, I didn't always know that I wanted to do what I'm doing now, which is this like more serious um, sideline or on deck or, you know, post round type of reporting. Um, But it's, given me so much joy. And as soon as I was able to figure out the specificity of what I wanted post Miss America, then I was able to really lean into this process uh, and continue to grow, you know, post Miss America, just as Kira in my life as a journalist and as a reporter, but um, everything I I've done in the last five years, especially has like very much been building to, to what I'm doing now. Yeah. How long had you been doing Miss America pageant <laughs> are they called they're called beauty pageants right they are yeah or now they call them competitions but whatever beauty um, competitions yeah I don't know okay um I had done some stuff like as a kid for fun I not I didn't do it like in the way that you're thinking of um and it was I I always liked you know jazz hands stage like <laughs> which just makes sense for what I'm doing now um mm-hmm. and yeah, it was a great way to earn some scholarship money. I earned like around, I think like $80,000 of scholarship money, which paid for a master's at USC and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and it was going to pay for law school, but then that didn't happen. So um, yeah, it was a, an amazing and unexpected thing that really changed the trajectory of my life. And here I am on the Swim Swam podcast talking about swimming, <laughs> which you've no reached the top. Yeah, I've reached <laughs> reached the top. I've peaked. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm not gonna let this go yet. So, mm-hmm. when you say scholarship money, do you mean that like USC gave you money for being Miss America, or do you mean no, no. you got money for being Miss America, and so then you just like paid from Miss America? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, 
That makes sense. And were you doing this all through college or it was, no, did you no, just no, pick no, it back college. up? Yeah. So you only did it once. You can only, so this is a much deeper, longer conversation, but you can only compete at Miss America one time. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It's not like the Olympics where you can go back and qualify for trials or something or qualify for the team many times. Miss America is, is, is it once every four years? It's just, no, every, it's, no, every it's every year, right? It's once a year. It's <laughs> okay. Once a year, yeah. You can only compete once. Yeah. I mean, you can That's a lot of pressure. state multiple times, but once you win a state, you can only be that state representative once and go. To oh, Miss okay. Once. Okay. Still like, dang, you get one shot. One, shot uh, like one and- a year. There's only been like 90 something of us. <laughs> That's a pretty exclusive club. Yeah. Do they have a club? Do they have like we a have thing an email once lister. a year? <laughs> what what is that like? What do they email? Wild, let me tell you. <laughs> There's some very interesting emails. But it's great. And we, you know, it's like any group of uh individuals. You get along, you you don't, you come all come from different walks of life, but at the end of the day, you have something that connects you that no one else can understand. Um and it's a it's a special thing. So yeah. I feel like you're being very modest, but I'll respect that. Uh, <laughs> okay. th- I mean, it was like a there... long time ago at this point. But when people ask me, how did you start this? Like, well, like it is why is <laughs> part of the the reason why I am here. Yeah. I, so, okay. Last question about Miss America, then we'll move on. Okay. So do you guys ever get together, though? <laughs> um, we do around like uh Miss America's hundredth anniversary it was a few years ago, and there were a lot of us there. Um, you know, we'll go back to uh the usually it's at the the yearly competition or pageant or whatever you want to call it that we see each other. Um, we used to have reunions. We did like four or five of those, and then that kind of petered out. There's there's lots of drama around. <laughs> oh, I can stuff. only imagine. So, so that stuff is yeah, fascinating. But um, yeah, we usually just around some of the bigger uh, yeah. moments within do you, history. Do you like go every year? No, I don't. I don't. No, no. Just okay. On, on like I think I think in two years it'll be my tenth. So maybe I'll go back for my tenth or something. You know, something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Wow. Well, that should be a TV show of its own, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they do. Yeah, it's great content. <laughs> I bet. All right. So that's, that's a lot of really cool background on you. Um, And uh, getting back on track. Sorry, let's not talk about something. <laughs> I know. So well, what so why do you like this kind of reporting? Because again, like you said, it's, it's pretty specific. Uh, It's, you're right there. You're on the front lines and you're telling these stories that happen right after the event happened. Right. Um, I mean, what, what strikes you about sideline reporting as opposed to any other kind of journalism or storytelling? Um, I love sports. I think sports are the ultimate reality show. That's what, uh, uh, Steve Sands, who works in golf, uh, has always said, you know, sports, you know, best, best reality show in the world. Um, I, I, uh, this is dumb, but like, I cry every time somebody wins a golf tournament or somebody, you know, even in swimming, like I've had these teary moments after because somebody achieved their dreams. I think that there's something so special about watching somebody achieve their goals and have their hard work pay off. 
that so few people get to say that and do that for real. So to see that happen in real time, and then you get to be the person there to facilitate the moment to talk about it. You will always be a part of that person's core memory about how that moment played out. There's something so special and powerful about that. And I guess I'm kind of like the adrenaline junkie of reporting because there's just so much inner adrenaline and anxiety and your heart's going that it's it's like an extreme sport for speaking <laughs> that is there's just so like even just talking about it gives me the, the the chills because it's so cool and fun and there's nothing else like it there's nothing else like that feeling of getting to be there in that moment and so few people get to do that so that's why i like it i think if i can put it into words it's a great answer but also never would have expected someone to say it's pretty much like the adrenaline I'm the adrenaline junkie of reporting. I report on golf. <laughs> well, any sport. I mean, any sideline reporter will probably say that to you. Like, I'm sure the the NFL sideline reporter will say the same or, you know, whatever. The, the on-court basketball reporter will say the same. So you get to be there in that huge moment where there's so much energy. I mean, there is nothing like standing on a putting green when somebody just won in a playoff with thousands of fans all in like an amphitheater around you screaming and this person just achieved their dreams like come on that's the best totally yeah and i can't relate to that specifically but i understand what you're saying um because i personally i've been there for several swimming moments like that and it is it's it's pretty surreal um i agree with you so let's talk about lifestyle because i think that's a unique part of this career as well um just just Let's talk about Indianapolis specifically. Um, do, do you do you work alone a lot? I mean, you know, I know you have the production meetings, but <clears throat> to me, it seems kind of like a solitary job. You know, you you report on your own and you're talking to your people, the the people mm-hmm. you're interviewing. But um, do do you feel solitary? in, in what you do or, or, you know, going to a swim meet like this, where you might not know as many people as, as if you're at a golf competition. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, a lot of reporting is being able to just walk up to people you don't know and ask them questions. Um, and at the end of the day, it is what comes out of your mouth is up to you and only you. And that, you know, you can spend as much time as possible with your producers and like Rowdy Gaines has been amazing for me. It was a resource and friend to ask questions. And, you know, Patrick Murphy can only give me so much, but at the end of the day, you know, Katie Ledecky is coming straight for you. You better have figured out and prioritized what you're going to say to her. And there's, there's nobody, there's not like a producer standing with me saying like spitballing things in that moment. Like it is you. And you're also, you know, you're listening to, to the broadcast and you're listening to what like Jason Knapp and Rowdy Gaines are saying, like Rowdy might've said, um, you know, this was the greatest swim she's had in this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then that might help me out of saying like, Katie, Rowdy just said that this was the greatest blah, blah, blah. Uh, but again, like you are making that decision. Um, so, I mean, it's, but that's some, that's in, in every sport. That's what the, the reporting life is kind of like, I think it's very rare that you've got somebody that's, that you're constantly 
uh, that's helping you out in that situation. That's just not like the, how it's set up. Right. Yeah. Do you, when you travel for, for swimming, for golf, um, is it usually just you? Do you, do you have people traveling with you or do you have, I guess the, no, no, no. Like, yeah. I'm not, are there I people don't have in your like bed? a, yeah. Like, well, like I'm married my <laughs> and, but my husband has like a job too. <laughs> and that doesn't require him to travel as much. And we have a dog and, you know, we've got like a regular family life and stuff. So I, but I spend, you know, last year I did over 30 weeks on the road. Um, and that's just kind of what this life is like. Um, so yeah, you end up spending a lot of time getting Uber eats to your hotel room and you, you know, you work out on your own, you figure things out on your own, you walk up to Bob Bowman and ask him questions on your own. Like you just figure it out. And that's the, uh, that's kind of the life. I don't know if I'm really selling and, it well, but <laughs> well, that's what I'm, that's what I want to know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, <laughs> How do you, I mean, what I, do you I, think I, of that life? This, this, this job is so can be so insane and come with some of those, um, sometimes, you know, negative things that you kind of have to push through that you can only do it if you truly love it. If you like, this is, it, it has to be worth it to spend 30 weeks away from your family, your friends, your home on the road in sometimes like not the most comfy hotel room, eating food. That's not always the best for you and figuring it out. And it can only happen if you are like obsessed with this job, which is yeah, like, I like really love it and it makes it worth it for me. Um, because that, then it's just, then why are you, why are you doing this? leaving your, your home and your community and stuff. And that's why. Great answer. Thank you <laughs> for that. I appreciate the honesty and the, and the realness because I think some people don't realize what goes into it. Um, what yeah. goes into a position like yours and, and I think from the outside, it can seem very glamorous at times. And sometimes I think it feels that way from my experience. Sometimes it does feel that way. Sure. A lot of times it's, it's, yeah, it's harder. It's harder than like easier. Yeah. The highs um, are really the high reasons you said. and the, the lows are really low and you just have to find a way to function in the middle uh, and make it worth your time. Yeah. <clears throat> well said. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate that answer and that perspective. Uh, so wrapping this up, I've got a couple more things. One is that you made an Instagram post recently, I think just a few days ago, uh, about something that Ryan Held said, uh, at, at trials. Can you talk, can you speak a little bit about that? And also, you know, how, how you feel like you've, you're where you're at in your career today. And, and how your younger self might view that. Yeah. So I appreciate anytime an athlete gives not a cliche answer <laughs> or not a, a stock answer or it's a rare moment. Know, yeah. Like actually, actually shares like a, a real thought and like really, really opens up. And he did a great job of that with me on deck. And then after in the mix zone, when he talked, I think to you guys and whoever else was around mm -hmm. So I, now that I'm a big swimming reporter, <laughs> I, I read and watch all these videos or whatever. And so I saw that quote and I thought that was amazing from Ryan Held saying, you know, don't swim because you want to make the team or a certain time or whatever, but swim for the eight-year-old kid that would be like, wow, you are getting to swim for the opportunity to represent country at this huge pool with all these people. Like, 
this is amazing. That kid would think that that is the coolest thing ever. Uh, and I think that you can apply that to any anything that you're doing in life. And I posted that. And Michelle Wee, who I'm very lucky to call one of my, my really close friends, was playing in her last uh, tournament probably ever as a, as a competitor uh, at the U S women's open at Pebble beach last week. And she commented on the post and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this with me today onto the course, which, you know, like any athlete, any sport can relate to let me play for this kid. That's going to think, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. And me as an eight-year-old kid would think, I think would think that this is pretty freaking awesome that I get to do this. And travel and be with these people and talk to these incredible athletes. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm all about perspective. I'm trying to, trying to always have that positive perspective in the moments when it does get hard and you're like, what am I, what am I doing? Or I messed up today or whatever. Um, that helps keep it light. Totally. And yeah, I, th- I thought that was definitely one of the best insights from the meet that we got in the mix zone. Yeah, uh, was was Ryan Held just saying, you know, and and he was one of the best storylines of the meet. I think, you know, yeah, he, totally. he made the team on day one, but it was kind of just like Ugh. he he like sneak snuck in there, no individual event, and then on the last last swim of the meet, maybe, uh, yeah, got his first uh, individual event. I don't know. They all run together, but yeah. for him to you, it meant so much for him to be able to to swim an individual event at Worlds. Like, but and it was so evident in his interview after, and just the the joy with which you know he went about that. Those two questions. It was it was really cool to get to be there for a moment that meant a lot to him. Yeah, that that is really cool. So wrapping up, <laughs> you're going to Japan. Yeah, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. So give me the timeline. So like, when do you leave? How long are you there? And then give me your thoughts on how are you preparing? I mean, because this is not just US, right? This is the whole world. Uh, So yeah, Yeah. how do you prep? And and just what what are you thinking heading into, I think, your first (laughs) world championships of swimming? Yeah, you just made me really nervous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on. Pressure's on. So I leave on the 19th, which I think means I arrive on the 20th of July, which is actually my birthday. So um, I will be celebrating either midair or when I get there with some omakase or something like that. Um, I think that I'm there for two or three days before competition actually begins. Um and so in the past, in the swim meets that I've covered, it's always been like, you know, we don't know who's going to end up in all these things, or we don't, we don't know what, uh, the makeup could be of the people that you talk to outside of like a few names that most likely will be interviewees. But for this, like it is set with like, it's this amount of people for the men and this amount of people for the women, for the, for the world's team. And then, you know, you can kind of. Um, bank on a few in, international swimmers. Um, so it's maybe like a little more um, specific as to who I'm preparing for, uh, which is nice because I feel like I can really deep dive on some of them. Um, 
And, you know, that takes time. And like, literally what I was doing before talking to you was like Googling Charlie Clark. <laughs> like, what, what, what can I learn about this guy? Um, and uh, we also have a really great research department at NBC sports. That's putting a lot of time and effort into, into um, giving us as many resources as possible. So that'll be helpful. Um, but it'll be my first big like international assignment for NBC sports in my career. So I am super pumped and honored to get to do it. Um, and I think it'll be really fun. And then my husband's going to come for the last three days of the meet, and then we're going to go to Tokyo after. So it'll be fun. That's awesome. That's always so cool when you can tie work and, uh, pleasure like that. Yeah, exactly. Have you been to Japan before? I've been as a kid, so it doesn't really count. Mm. Okay. I haven't. So I don't know what to ask you about it. <laughs> I mean, I was 12 when we went to a sumo wrestling thing. I thought, I thought it was cool. <laughs> oh, wow. Your parents really do like sports. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. Any, any non-traditional American sport, they are in, they're in for it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Kira, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. It's been great getting to know a little bit more about you. Hopefully, uh, to you listeners out there, this will this will give you a little context as to who is talking to these swimmers at World Championships if you're watching on NBC Sports. Uh, once again, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat. Any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today? Uh, well, I just want to say to the greater swimming community, everybody's been super welcoming and kind and uh willing to chat when some random girl comes up to you on the pool deck and is like hey so can you tell me about why this person is not doing well or, or is doing well or some insight into their their mindset blah 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 and they're probably like okay who are you um so that's been great and i appreciate people being um welcoming and lovely and kind and i appreciate you for having me You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.